All right, y'all. What's up? What's up? We are back. This is the special Friday night edition of Never Out of Bounce. We're going to get right into it. This is your man, El Jamal. And word on the street is the meeting between Trump and North Korea that was scheduled on June the 12th in Singapore. It looks like it's back on. Now, this is the, the first. This will be the first of mi- multiple meetings. And there will not necessarily be. There is no rush to sign anything in terms of agreement. Um... Trump met with Kim Jong-un's top aide, Kim Yong-choi, today in Washington, marking the first time a North Korean official has set foot on American soil since about the 80s. So, uh, I will tell you on this front, it looks like, you know, they're trying to, to work things out. They're trying to hash some sort of deal. I guess that's fine because of the tensions that we've had before. Um, the main issue, however, that has always, well, that even made this deal or this even this setup for meeting in, je- in, je- in jeopardy was the was the topic of denuclearization. Now, Trump has already stated that the process of, de- of process of denuclearization probably won't be met at just one meeting. Uh, he said that this was probably he had planned on it being multiple meetings. So it looks like. The whole goal, uh, part of the whole goal is to denuclearize North Korea. And I just have to say good luck with that. I think that's part of the main problem in the first place. I think North Korea is, well, they've already, uh, they've already destroyed one of their nuclear uh, production sites. However, there wasn't, there wasn't any real desire. I haven't come across any real desire that they've pinpointed out in which they want to completely shut everything down. So, I would have to say good luck with that. That will be that again. That has been the biggest. That's been the biggest impasse that the, those two guys, these two guys have had is is basically the nuclear, the nuclear situation in North Korea. And like I said, I don't. I feel as though North Korea, for the sake of you know just being a, I guess a diplomatic, um, you know, partner in terms of just you know world politics. I think they're really willing to. Like I said, like they've already destroyed one site, but like I said, I don't think they're completely ready to shut down everything. And I think in the way this world is right now, just the way, you know, the the shape in which things are at the moment, I don't think there's there should be a rush rush on their, you know, their part to do that. They're pretty much a sovereign country. They pretty much, you know, run their 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 stuff and, you know, they have their military to back them up. So I think, you know, unless there's some some real, you know, some real plans that can be ironed out, I, I, I mean, they are, I, I think they should have the freedom to, you know, have, have you know, as many arms as they feel that they, you know, comfortable with, as long as they're not posing a threat. And that's one thing that they were trying to let the world know, because they were allowing international press to come into the country for the first uh, first for the first time in a while, and they were actually there to witness the destruction of Pungjiri, which is the nuclear site, one of the main nuclear sites in which they said that they were gonna, you know, close down. So, I think they are making attempts, but I don't think, again, I don't think that they feel the need to, nor do I feel like they should feel the need to completely shut everything down. Now, in other world world news, Visa customers in Europe and other parts. Other parts of the world, not necessarily in the states, though, suffered many transaction errors. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of pin and chip transactions, 
all across, like I said, Europe, especially the UK, because there was some sort of a, a service disruption, according to a UK finance uh, group. This uh, occurred at 2.30 p.m. And like I said, it shut down the uses of cards and chips and stuff like that. Pretty much made it a hassle for people to pay for things. Um, there was no real... Um, there's no real cause of anything that, that I could find other than just the words malfunction, hardware malfunction and service disruption. But it shut pretty much the ser I would get I would guess the word here would be servers shut those down. And like I said, they people weren't able to use their cars for a good number of hours today in Europe and specifically the UK. So that sucks. I can imagine, you know, not being able to use your card. Imagine what's going on. However, uh, purchases and things like that weren't uh, were affected, but ATM cash withdrawals weren't, which is a little bit weird. I don't know how that necessarily works, but uh, there you go. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to get into a little bit of some NFL. Uh, then we're going to get into some boxing and we're going to wrap it all up with some MLB news. So y'all come back. And we'll have a good one. Oh, yeah, we are back. And we're going to get into the wild world of sports. Uh, let's start with these. Let's start with the NFL and this uh, Julio Jones situation. Now, as I re have reported uh, recently, uh, Julio Jones has basically deleted all, you know, all remnants of him and Atlanta, you know, Falcons gear, all on his personal media, all Atlanta Falcons stuff and all this, that and the other. And, you know, he's being in his feelings, you know, there's, you know, issues about his contract, you know. And just recently he was spotted with uh, Cam Newton. Now, if the Falcons, you know, want to be petty, you know, they want to be just as petty. Uh, they could if they want to, you know, because, you know, the, the funny thing is because with the with the pick that they took, of course, you know, they got to put it on social media. Everybody's, you know, whole thing is and I get certain things, you know, for promotion and self-promotion about certain things, you know, especially when people are doing, you know, Internet related things. I, I get it. You know, the use of social media. But, you know, for all social aspects, all social events, you know, I'm. I'm not the I'm not the, the guy to necessarily care about it. I'm not posting all my my life, but you know this is the new thing now, you know. And here they are, you know, snapping pictures, and you know the Carolina Panthers decide to get into the fray, and you know they're like, oh well, you know, look at us, and you know he's with us, guys. Basically, you know they they're sending out their little tweets, hey, you're looking for him, he's with us. You know, that, and that's why I say if, you know, Atlanta decides to be petty as well, we don't know. Well, they don't even have an owner. Well, you know, I don't even think they really care. But if they decide, you know, to get petty, they could they could pull some type of, you know, tampering. You know, uh, I'm not saying that they necessarily have a, uh, a legitimate, you know, just open and shut case. However... There is a case that could be made uh, if they truly wanted to be, you know, petty and wanted to go to league officials because they're not really supposed to, you know, really interact with each other in a way that comes off as recruitment. 
And judging at the position in which, you know, Julio Jones is with the team right now, of course, at this very point in the season, you know, heading into OTAs and stuff like that, we're pretty much almost at the new season. I don't think he, you know, trips so hard. I think he goes through this season. But I think when you get into the offseason, next offseason, 20, uh, 2019 at that point, then you might start looking at it a little bit and saying, hmm, that's a little bit strange. You know, if he decides, you know, to continue to, you know, be in his attitude, you know, uh, he might, you know, this year there's not too much he can do at this point. I think he could demand a trade at some point if he feels unhappy with his contract, but I think they're going to, they're going to stick him with the numbers and they're going to try to, they're going to compare him to the guy that's making the most money right now. And that's, and that's going to be OBJ. And if you put the numbers side by side together, uh, albeit I feel that OBJ slightly a little bit overrated compared to what he's getting paid. But in terms of overall production, you know, OBJ is a little bit, a little bit tad, you know, a tad bit, tad bit more successful, tad bit better uh, than your boy Julio Jones, in my opinion. But, you know, I, I think he's in his feelings right now. You know, he's looking at, you know, all these people getting paid and, you know, what happens. And I, I understand it, but I mean, man, that's that's still countless of millions of dollars still. So. I think you got to take it as you can, you know, because I think at this point, unless he balls out next season and has a monster season, unless he starts having two or three to round out the rest of this contract, I don't see where he would warrant that bigger contract later down and later down the line in the market, to be honest with you. Um He'll be he'll just be a few years. He'll be a couple years older. And he might even be a little bit slower. So, um, at this point, I I take I take it as is, and and see if you can get something you know later on with the Falcons because they're going to be the ones if you as long as he's balls out and as long as he's productive, they'll hook him up. I mean that look at look at what, how many chances Dez got with Dallas. As long as you semi productive and you know that you've shown signs of of leading or being able to lead the team or being a part of, you know, keeping, you know, their offense moving, then, you know, you're going to get a, you're going to get a spot. So I'm not too sure what his concerns are and, you know, hanging out with the, you know, the, the Panthers, letting them tag them and all that. I think that's a little bit out of pocket, you know, I think for him, you know, because he's one of the leaders on that, that Atlanta Falcons team. And for him to be over here posted up with these guys and, you know, snapping pictures for Instagram and Twitter and putting it all out there for the world to see, yeah, this is who I'm with. I don't think that's a good look, you know. And if I'm the quarterback, if I'm Matt Ryan, I'm I'm looking to talk to him and say, well, well, what's your deal? You know, are you really happy with us? Are you really happy here? Do you feel like playing? Because if I were here, I mean, because it's all about having a rapport with your wide receiver, you know. And if he don't really want to fuck with your team, then, you know, why would you throw him the ball? Hmm. Well, in other sports news, the two biggest heavyweights, the two champions, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, still haven't come to terms of an agreement or a, con- a fight contract. Um, and if, you know, things keep going the same same route, 
Uh, Joshua is, is set to fight Alexander Povetkin in September. Uh, Povetkin is at 34 and one with 29 knockouts. Solid fighter. Uh, I would I would feel like it would be a good fight, good tune up, uh, especially before Wilder, who's pretty much the the, the hardest puncher in the heavyweight division. Uh, this is coming after Wilder did show up with a fifty million dollar offer. And this is all being, you know, this is all reported and claimed and all that. So, uh, so apparently there was a fifty dollar, uh, fifty million dollar contract offer from the Wilder camp, uh, with his people. Uh, sorry, Sherry Finkel, Al Heyman, those guys. They came up, came up with a contract. Uh, all uh, they had a fifty thousand, fifty million dollar contract. Excuse me, but it seems to me that I don't think that Eddie Hearn is necessarily buying it per se. Um, and to be all honest with you, the thing about this fight, and I think the, the thing about this fight is I think both the fighters and their camps are a little bit over their heads. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's a good, uh, it's a good look to have a unified, you know, heavyweight champion. Uh, Wilder has the WBC title. You have, you know, Joshua with the WBA belt as well uh and a, yeah the ibf so he has two belts so it'll be good to see them unified um now the thing about it is you know in, in the the original beginning uh of these talks at least a few months ago eddie hearns camp were talking about a fight worth about a hundred million and they were their cut for deontay wilder was about about 12 million i think and, you know, obviously that's not, you know, a whole lot compared to what the fight is going to make. And then you had, you know, Hearn and Joshua's camp basically saying that they're the A side being the premier side and the side that's going to generate the most amount of money. And I think if the fight were to be held in Britain, yes, I think, you know, just domestically that fight would do well in terms of that at the gate the venue uh however i will tell you this and this is just my personal opinion about the heavyweight division in boxing and boxing in general boxing is being has been ran by the lighter weights since uh i would say since mike tyson really fell off the map the first time uh don't get me wrong you had evander holyfield you also had lennox lewis now don't get me wrong they were great champions and then you had the Klitschko brothers as well. Now, don't get me wrong. They were great champions. Um, the Klitschko brothers, Vladimir and Vitaly, held on to the belts for about a decade each. Uh, you know, to the belts respectively. Some, some, you know, combination of the belts uh, respectively for about, you know, 10 years between the both of them. But in terms of actual pay-per-view buys, television views if we're talking you know hbo or showtime that has gone down significantly uh across the board it's set for in your lower weight classes uh you know fighters like oscar de la hoya floyd mayweather manny pacquiao they constantly brought in you know big draws big ticket events we all know you know the the floyd mayweather Manny Pacquiao fight was like $700 million, brought in $700 million. And the thing about it is, I, I don't think neither one of those guys 
really have it like that today at the worldwide pool. With that being said is now Deontay Wilder, as good as his record is, he's one of the great he's one of the greater punchers. Now, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hype it too up to him up too much because I I I'm I'm you know well aware of his level of competition, and he's only had he he first of all he has a WBC WBC title now of course this is the main the main belt um, the main prestige boxing belt pretty much in any weight class however the guy he beat to get it. Uh, uh, Bernard Stavern, uh wasn't the greatest of all fighters. Their rematch a few few months ago, I want to actually say last year, was a dud. The guy came in there over, really overweight, out of shape. The fight lasted four rounds. Uh, he it, he was in the ring quite recently with uh, sorry uh, Ortiz, Jose Ortiz, tough heavyweight, was a top three, I believe, in the WBA rankings at one point in time until he was uh, stripped of all that. Uh, and he was in line to be, he was an interim champion at one time. He was in line to fight uh, for the actual belt, uh, but was stripped of all that because he was doping. And he was at, he's at almost 43. I think he's in his 40s as well. And Wilder fought him a few months ago. It was a cool fight. Wilder ended up winning by knockout. But again, you know, he was tested. I think he could be tested by the right guy. If the right guy comes in with enough defense, possibly a jab and some foot movement, that could cause Wilder problems. That could offset his power. I've seen people hurt him, so he's not like a, a, a behemoth. Now, like I said, he has the world class. You know, he has the most prestigious belt at the time. So he gets a lot of hype for that. However... He he has yet to show up in an event outside of either the South or maybe the Barclays Center. Now, when I say this in, in boxing, one of the main, the marquee places you'd, you'd like to sell out to have a big event is Las Vegas. That's considered to be the fight town. Uh, this is where, you know, fighters are made. That is the Mecca. Uh, that is pretty much what Staples Center is to Lakers and their greatness of basketball. Pretty much. That's where you would like to be. Uh, now he has yet to really he has yet to sell out a venue there. He's yet to have a major pay per view fight, uh, that exceeded, you know, means of views. If he's had one, I, I can't, maybe it's with the exception of Ortiz, and I would have to go back for that. And I don't even think so. Matter of fact, that was on Showtime. So that is cable, whatever that, and that is viewership. But again, when you're comparing it to people like, you know, Oscar de la Hoya, who's had multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar pay-per-view bouts that I've seen that, I, you know, you know, I've paid money to see, um, for example, you know, and he doesn't have that. Now, with the now with that being said, he, he does have some pop. He does have statewide popularity, but like I said, not enough to transcend globally. And with that being said, it's the same with Joshua. Now, Joshua, Anthony Joshua, he is uh, the IBF title holder and the WBA title holder. Now, with that being said, the guy he faced for the IBF title, Kevin, uh, I believe his name was yeah, Prince Martin, Charles Martin, straight trash, straight boo-boo. You know, it was a run. It was a run. It was a, basically a mugging. Uh, 
And, you know, that wasn't super impressive to me. He did knock out Vladimir Klitschko. Now, of course, people are going to say Vladimir Klitschko was 41, and they're going to make a lot about Vladimir cracking him with a pretty decent punch that almost was able to knock him down himself. But I think he recovered from that, and he was able to box him pretty well and led to a knockout. He uh, just and, – and see, the thing about Joshua, I will give Joshua, though, is in terms of the last couple of people he's fought – you know, he's done pretty damn good. Now, he just recently fought uh, Joshua Parker from New Zealand. And that was a good fight. Now, it, that was a testing fight. Now, a lot of people will say, well, he didn't knock him out. You know, he didn't, you know, he didn't beat him up. You know, Wilder would have did this. Wilder would have did that. But I think when you get when you get to the best of the best of the competitions out there, you're not always going to knock him out. You're going to have to take you know, make do with getting that W. Uh, and he did that and he performed really well. You got to see more of his arsenal. Uh, you got to see a little bit better of his defense, his athleticism. So he can take a shot. He can move and he can stick and he can, you know, meaning he can, he can hit you. And, uh, I think Joshua Parker in terms of his age, in terms of his, him having a, having a belt, and that's another belt that Joshua was able to get, him having a belt, taking that. And, you know, Joshua going three, 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 three to one in terms of belts. I give Joshua a little bit more of the edge at this point. However, with even that being said, even he doesn't necessarily cross over in, you know, the mainstream just sports and media, you know, and I think this they would they would need that in order to have a big time fight. I think, like I say, both these camps are in over their heads. These guys are talking about a hundred million dollar fight. I don't think it generates that much. I I think they would be lucky to get it hyped enough to really be a, a solid pay per view. But I don't think it does anywhere near a Floyd Mayweather. I don't think it does anywhere near a, a regular Manny Pacquiao fight. We're not even talking about the fight that they had together. I don't think it does as well as any Oscar La Hoya fight in his prime i don't think it does as well as any shane mosley fight in his prime um they now what i would tell you is them seeing each other them becoming a unified champion will go a long way but the heavyweight division has been so diluted and so i won't say discredited but it's not in the same standing as it used to be in the 90s and when and when the heavyweights are are really popping Boxing in general is popping, but at this point, what you have in you know with the NBA, the monster that's in the NBA right now, you have, still have professional football despite the drama that's going on there. You would need this fight, and but even then, this fight would just be would just be some assistance into getting y'all there, into getting boxing back into where it needs to be. But to say this is a hundred million dollar fight and these guys fighting over, you know, change and money that that might not even be generated, I, I can't and I can't see where it will be generated. It will be generated. None of these guys even get. Uh, I, I I now I'll give you this. Anthony Joshua has had double digit uh, gate gate returns and a couple of his last couple of fights, uh, double digit uh, millions in terms of the millions of dollars, but. Neither one of these guys are, are, are up there with, with Sugar Ray and the Mike Tysons and even the uh, 
possibly even Vander Holyfield, but for definitely uh, the de- the definite the, the pound for pound fighters of this era, the Roy Joneses. We're talking about you know attendance and 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 viewership. These guys, neither one of these guys are there now. These guys are good. All I'm saying is these guys just aren't. When we're talking, like I said, pound for pound, we're pairing, comparing them to what Roy Jones were doing, his type of numbers and his type of viewership. You know, just for example, no, those guys aren't there yet. However, this fight should happen soon because it would it would help both of those fighters, at least the winner, go into that direction. All right, y'all. So we just we're gonna we just we're gonna wrap it up now. We'll have a short night. It's it's Friday night. We're gonna get into the weekend, and we're gonna. I'll be back Monday, same place, same time. A little bit of everything. You know how we what we do. You know, sports, politics. We're gonna talk about it all come Monday. We'll have a whole new set of stories for you guys. So you know what? You come back then. Much love. Peace out.